HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. We are a member-supported, nonprofit food radio station. That means that every single thing we do, from broadcasting 35 weekly shows for free to bringing you exclusive content from sold-out food events across the country, to offering scholarships to high school students is only possible thanks to the support of our loyal members. And we want you to join the club. Become a member during our 2017 summer drive to get access to sweet swag and pledge your support to the world's only food radio station. Visit heritageradionetwork.org donate to become a member now. Welcome to HR and Happy Hour. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Kat Johnson, and as always, I am here with my co-host, Katie Mosman-Wadler. Hey, guys. Well, I said as always, but that's not true, because last week we had our awesome interns host our show for us, and they did an awesome job. And we Thank have you. Two of them are in the studio with us today, Jordan Werner and Liz Mystic. Thank you. You did an amazing job. You guys nailed it. I learned we a lot. We should be gone more. I learned a lot about hot dogs <laughs> and also about, what was the name of the podcast? Uh, the Party in My Plants podcast. Loved it. Party I in My Plants. <laughs> um, we also have three really great guests in the studio today. I'm very excited. A return guest, which you is, is Matt our first return guest? Yes, if you don't count Patrick, but okay. Patrick's Patrick sometimes co-host. Patrick does not count. No, uh, Matt Wang <laughs> of Metropolitan Plate and Flame, and he is also here with Mitch Cinnamon, founder of Initiate Care, and Will Shear, co-founder of Tyne Culinary Consulting and Design. Welcome to all of you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, thanks. I also want to put out a special welcome to my future sister-in-law in about four weeks, Carrie Williams. Love you. Hey now. And uh, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to everybody joining me drinking Wol- Wolfer Rose Cider. It's been my go-to for a while, and we got it's pictures of it. Yeah. <laughs> Cider's a picture is a, is a real thing. And pink cider, even better. <laughs> true. It's true. It doesn't get better. It doesn't. <laughs> it's definitely like a right now. Uh huh. So you don't you so, don't know either of these guys? No. Okay. But we're about to. We we yeah. Later in the show, I'm going to have all of you kind of give a little bit of your background because you sent me Will and Mitch's uh, bios, but I didn't get yours. So I'm just going to make it fair and everyone's going to introduce themselves. It's it's in process. Yeah. We've we've introduced Matt before. We can swing it. Uh, Well, first, we need to kick off with our rapid fire headlines from this week on the network. And then we are also going to give a quick preview to Kat's trip to Slow Food Nations in Denver. Um, She's heading out tomorrow to cover the festival on behalf of HRN. I'm very excited. I've never been to Denver before. So this is going to be a really fun trip, I think. You should uh, rent a bike and just bike around the whole city. It's awesome. That sounds fun. (laughs) I hope the weather's nice. It's fantastic. Um, I also hope it doesn't uh, rain tomorrow here so I can actually get out of the airport. Um, So keep your fingers crossed for me. You might might have lost that one already. Yeah, I know. I already got an alert from Delta. I'm like, (laughs) oh. Okay. But anyway. Just keep your fingers crossed. Um, and then after we talk about that, we're going to let Matt take over a little bit and be a, a true bona fide guest host. Um, and you guys are going to talk a little bit about what you do, which is 
restaurant consulting, but I feel like that does, there's so much behind that. I feel, I feel like that term is a, uh, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a wide topic. There's right. a lot to talk about. Um, and then, um, we, as you know, we end our show with trivia. So we have some restaurant themed trivia we made up for you guys. So I'm very excited about that. Okay. All right. I think last time right. I was on, I went zero for zero on trivia. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I put some more softball ones in this week. So. Thanks for coming to my level. I appreciate I, it. It's kind of a choose your own adventure trivia. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. All right, all right. Well, David, I think we need our news music. We're going to do these headlines and then we'll get to it. So this week there was a very special in the field episode of Food Without Borders where David and host Sari Kamen went on a walk in Queens, a food walk with the group Culinary Backstreets. They're a tour company highlighting family run restaurants that are often overlooked in big cities. And throughout the tour, Sari and David spoke to immigrant vendors who started their lives over again in Queens and have made it in one of America's most vibrant and diverse culinary destinations. So definitely check that one out. David did some awesome audio production on that too. So worth a listen. Add it to your queue. It's downloaded yes, on my Big round of applause, right David. Oh, well, thank you, everybody. What a great audience. Yeah. I'm going to listen to it on the plane tomorrow. Um, this week on Love Bites, co-host Jacqueline sat down with a couple who have been married for 69 years. Aww. Her grandparents. Um, they shared the wisdom they've gleaned in their nine decades on this planet, and Jacqueline told them what they've taught her about love as well. Wait, they're in their 90s? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so cute. Um, Eat Your Words host Kathy Irway had Jen De La Vega in the studio this week. Jen runs the blog Randwitches, which stands for Random Sandwiches. I love that. <laughs> She's the editor at large of the uh, food zine called Put a Egg on It. That's A, just A, Put a Egg. And the author of the new cookbook Showdown Comfort Food. Well, you know what's great for washing down the chow at food showdowns? Cider. Am I right, Jordan? Uh, always. <laughs> On Femin About It this week, Chris and Mary joined Kyle Scherer and David Hall of Graf to talk about the cidery start, its trajectory, and its focus on getting unique flavors out of simple fruits and yeasts. And this week, Sherry Bayer welcomed an HRN favorite on All in the Industry, Kat Kinsman. We love Kat. She's the senior editor, um, sorry, excuse me, she's the senior food and drinks editor at Time Inc.'s all breakfast site, Extra Crispy. And she's the author of the book, High Anxiety, Life with a Bad Case of Nerves. Um, also, the, that stemmed from uh, chefs with issues. They talked mental health in the hospitality industry. Also, of course, they had to talk about breakfast and bunny rabbits little known fact about sherry bear is that she has a pet bunny his name is jack jack rabbit <laughs> you get it you get it no. um no, so, can you explain it. that Aww. for the listeners at home he's so cute you guys look at her instagram jack he's so sweet and delicious right. so well, that's our news that's our news that's a, a little taste of the news let's mellow it out a little bit and talk about denver yeah, so I'm really excited. Um, so like I said, this is going to be my first time in Denver. This weekend is the first uh, Slow Food Nations Festival, which is being billed as a festival to taste and explore a world of good, clean, and fair food for all. Um, there's going to be a lot of really amazing panels and workshops, and I'm going to be out there to record some of those so that if you can't be in Denver, you can listen in on heritageradionetwork.org. And, you know, hopefully hopefully within like a week we'll have everything up and, and ready to listen to. Um, and then I'll also be interviewing some of the participants as well. A couple that I'm very excited about are Howard Conyers, who by day makes use of his Ph.D. in mechanical engineering by working as an engineer at NASA. And, and by night he fights crime. And by night, even better, <laughs> even better. By night he is a noted traditional South Carolina whole hog barbecue pit master. That is better. I know <laughs> That's be definitely best better. friends with him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to meet him. Um, and then the other one that I'm pumped about is Nat Bradford. He is a South Carolina farmer who maintains the breed line of his family's 170-year-old heirloom, the Bradford watermelon, um, which was long thought extinct but is being reintroduced to chefs, gardeners, and food enthusiasts around the world. There's an amazing three-minute clip animated clip about um the bradford watermelon and like the story behind it that you should watch it's from mind of a chef so it's it's great cool, cool. um check that out so if those are two people that i'll be talking to there's literally hundreds of participants and delegates that are going to be there who are all incredible figures in slow food movement so 
Yeah, and uh, I think we should name drop some of the headliners. Um, You know, some obviously um, Carlo Petrini, Alice Waters, big friends of Heritage Radio Network and total pioneers of slow food. But also a big headliner this year, Jack Johnson. You may know from such hits as Banana Pancakes. Pancakes. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really, really awesome that he's uh, teamed up with the festival. I think that's going to bring a lot of um, extra attention and uh, visibility for them. He he works on school um, school gardening programs in Hawaii the way that, similar to Alice Waters in California. And he's a former world heavyweight boxer. Oh, sorry. Different Jack Johnson. Yes. Sorry. There's so many Johnsons out there. I mean, I as Cat one, Johnson, I can tell you, there's a lot. Great really, Miles really Davis record. Get to talk to him. Great. Someone really like yeah. that joke. Right now. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, well, I'm uh, really looking forward to your Randwiches. There yes. used to be a website called Scanwiches where a guy would take half sandwiches and oh, make I high love rip. that site. Yeah. It was the best. Right? Yeah, it was like the oh. low budget modernist cuisine. Yeah, it oh. totally was. It was I great. Totally forgot about that website. Yeah. And it was just like like lo, like low res scans, right? I think it was actually pretty good. Oh, and it, they were but, good, it, but, it, but they looked like modernist cuisine because they had black backgrounds. <laughs> yeah, but they used to be like, I bought this at a cart on Thirty Second Street. Here it is. Here's my sandwich. Those are the things that make me love the internet. Yes, <laughs> just <laughs> niche random. Yeah, yeah, that's great. What's not to love? <laughs> Um, so I also wanted to mention our summer drive, which is going on right now, and um, we just had a charity buzz auction, which we raised uh, money through, and thanks to all the people who donated, auction lots to that: Shaxbury Cider, Mariana Velasquez, uh, Quinn Candy. Um, who else am I forgetting? Oh, we're getting really on the spot here. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Little Tong and Tillit and Meta, Meta and, Brooklyn. Yeah, Meta. Um, Shout out Meta Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm going next week. I'm very excited. And, so, yeah. uh, and of course, our very own HRN host, Souther Teague. Yes. Of Coo. Coo. That is also, like, probably one of the coolest auction lots we've done, which was, I don't know if you guys saw it. It was, um, you get to design your own cocktail as kind of Ooh. guest bartender. So you work with Souther at Coo to design the cocktail that then goes on the menu that night. And cool. it includes a party for you and 11 of your closest friends to sit there and drink those cocktails. So a very lucky winner is coming up uh, to do that in a few weeks. And I am a little jealous. Yeah. Listen, you'll know who it is. You can butter him up and get invited. He's got I know. I'll be like, that's I true. mean, you get to have 11 friends. Yeah. So I think he, I, I can probably get does in not there. have 11 friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that went super well, and we'll we'll do another one later this year, I'm sure. Cause, so keep an eye out for our right. charity bus auctions, and mm-hmm. then um, our summer drive is continuing. So if we you're not, we still um, have money to raise. Yes, if you're not um, a member of Heritage yet, please, Heritage Radio Network, please go be a, a member. Go to our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Click on the beating heart in the top right corner. We'll love you forever. Please do it today, and you might get some cool swag out of it. Probably will. Yeah. We send sweet you a swag. lot of stuff. Sweet swag. Thank Thanks, you, Sarah. Sarah. Heritage swag is generally pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We have pins now. I mean, so if nice. you if you like are into wearing jean jackets and you need some pins, <laughs> pin game's important these it days. Is. Yeah. Twenty seventeen is like the year of the button. <laughs> it's high tech. That's yeah. why. Nothing I'd rather do on a warm July day than put on my jean jacket. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have AC over here, man. Yeah. You can wear your jean jacket all day. Yeah, I'm getting a little getting a little chilly actually. <laughs> Let me wait, find my tiny violin for you. Wait, do they not get Wi-Fi within the freezer over at Heritage? Is that the problem? You guys can't sit there and do work. <laughs> we haven't tried that yet <laughs> maybe we should those walls are pretty insulated um all right well um at this point matt can you give us a little bit of background uh to orient us to plate and flame oh okay and then, um in case anybody missed the last episode when you were here and then uh, i'd like to dive right in i thought i was a fan favorite i thought everybody you just are knew me. you <laughs> are but we're um, getting new fans all the time so you never know if they've already heard that last <laughs> right. episode you you, you gotta reset every once in a while press pause go back <laughs> listen to um us. my name is matt i'm a restaurant guy of many many years i know many people in this room from a variety of responsibilities in restaurants over a long period of time um after working for a lot of people i've branched out on my own i do consulting to some degree and working on my first project as an owner-partner with uh, a chef to be named later um, <laughs> at a place to be named later. Anyway, we'll talk about it when I can announce it, but I'm a restaurant guy do, doing my thing. Super um, top secret project. Super top secret project. You got to roll like that awesome. these days. Yeah. Haters going to hate. Hey, you know, I think it's exciting. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I'm at Plate and Flame on everything. The next great restaurant company, we're coming at your face. Don't duck. <laughs> 
awesome. Yeah. All right. Any uh, any announcement teaser dates for us? Uh, no. TBD? <laughs> no. You can't do dates <laughs> on the edge of our seat. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. all right, all right. But it, it's interesting that you mention Souther Teague because like Will Shear, he's someone that I'm connected with 18 different ways on social media, but I've never met. So, so today we're doing something remarkable in that I am meeting one of those outside awesome. of the real universe people for the first time. for the first time live. So that's amazing. So, Will, tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, I've also been in the industry, the food business, quite a while. I've been cooking for about twenty years. Um, I did start a food service design company about six years ago uh, called Tine, like a fork Tine. Um, we help people design and build restaurants, uh, food business, bars, really anything dealing with food and beverage, everything from something as small as a hot dog cart to a Michelin-starred restaurant. And um, we are very different from most designers because we're all chef-based. And a lot of the designs come from somebody that has worked in the industry, which is unfortunately not the norm. So. <laughs> very much <laughs> not very the norm. What's what's something that you like an example of something like that where you're thinking like chef first when you're designing a restaurant that other people would overlook? Well, uh, something as simple as the ability to get a certain number of plates out in a given square footage. Um, a lot of people that don't have a whole lot of experience might take on a space and make ninety five percent the dining room and five percent the kitchen right. and. You know, then expect that that to be a, a feasible business model, and it's just not. So, yeah, the, the basic universe of people you work with in opening a restaurant are engineers, designers, owners, and then operators. And operators in that pyramid are the least important most of the time, when they really should be the most important. Because engineers, they don't know anything about getting food out of the kitchen or drinks out of the bar to the guest. Designers certainly don't know anything about it. And the ones that tell you they do, sorry, people, they don't. They don't. Um, so that's where somebody like Will comes in, you know, and that's what everybody, including Mitch, who's sitting here with us as well, that's what we've all done for 20-plus years has been the people that have worked for all of the names you know and helped them mm -hmm. get things like that done. Yeah. M Mitch, really interestingly, was someone that worked in the industry for a long time, opened a lot of amazing places i'll let him tell the tale but went on to to find a, a a niche in the business that was really underrepresented and built something really really cool a company called initiate care yes mitch tell us more is that me yeah. um, <laughs> that's what you told us um so initiate care basically i mean for all the restaurant people out there what we've been doing most recently is saving everyone from first aid supply like in the first aid supply world um, the companies i used to put first aid kits on the walls really sort of what Will just said didn't really speak the language and for a lot of people that seems like a really weird niche but for anyone that's worked in a restaurant and had to chase their guys around or like just seeing invoices that were just not looking to the best interest of the teams of the restaurants um, we've been getting you know we've been growing pretty quickly because people are pretty psyched when we walk in just to say hey you know can you protect us from something like this mm -hmm. um, we do safety classes like CPR and first aid specifically for restaurants um, as well as some other types of training in, in that regard. Before that, what Matt was referring to was that I was a little bit more based on operations. So I was taking places sort of like what Will and Matt would do. And, oh, sorry. Um, and we were just trying to make, make service happen in places that were designed by designers that had no idea how to make that work. Um, and it was a great challenge for sure. Yeah, and, and always will be. <laughs> so do you all mostly work right now on, like, the opening side of, like, opening a restaurant? Or do you stay involved as, you know, a year in or a couple of years in? Every client's different. Okay. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it, it's some people um, bring us in, in before they sign a lease, which is really the most important time because we've had clients that bring us in after and they don't realize that their space doesn't have gas and oh, wow. they don't realize what that <laughs> entails, you know, working with Con Ed, um, you know, they are horrible and yeah. they have unfortunately been the main reason that certain businesses I know have gone out of business. And, uh, you know, we, we get involved at, at whatever time they want and help, to, to all the Con Ed reps listening, he's at Will Shear on Twitter. <laughs> please. So you can, you can please go straight at tweet, him. Tweet at me. 
let's have a, let's have a little chat. That'd help each other. Right. Um, from the safety standpoint, we we also kind of go in at any particular point in time. You know, I mean, it's we definitely get called for a lot of openings, but at this point, you know, only my friends that remember some of the magic from the purchasing and contracting days call me for help from here and there, and that's mostly like, hey man, you know, like, would you mind swinging down and checking the place out? Uh, these two gentlemen are definitely a lot more talented in the making the magic happen at this current time. It seems like you're doing a lot of the the work for restaurants that they don't want to think about? For sure. Like crisis plans and things like that? Well, I think the three of us gained, garnered a lot of trust mm-hmm. from just our backgrounds, just having, you know, a lot of our friends are now at that stage where we all came up together and they're all making pretty big decisions. So you want someone that you actually can say, hey, man, can you take care of X, can you take care of Y, and you don't have to worry about it and think about it because you got to do your hustle elsewhere. Get your hustle up elsewhere. Right. <laughs> Chase the kind of guy. Whatever. It's interesting because what Will does is he sort of protects people from the, the, the opening day and, and Mitch sort of protects from the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. um, which is, it literally is the last thing people think about. Right. Um, you know, I know Mitch a long time and I've been around him since he started this business and it definitely has always been a situation where he's like, you know, this is what people don't want to worry about and I can help them not worry about it better. Right. So, I'm sorry. Oh, how do people, like, if someone's a first-time restaurateur, like, how do they know to seek, you know, people like you out? Uh, Common sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, networking, though. No? I mean, yeah. you know, just going to people and saying, like, hey, you know, do you know such and such, yeah. you know such and such, and really kind of hoping you fall into the right mm-hmm. right spot, you know? I would say the the first thing is really understanding that you might not know everything and and looking for help from some people that might know a little more than you. Uh, we, we'd get plenty of people that just lay down their cards immediately and say, hey, we, we've not been in a food business before. What, what do we have to look for when signing a lease? Or, you know, we want to have a concept that we've never done before. You know, can you help us out? But that's, that's really the first step. Yeah, like, like a million other things, it's your best case scenario is people understanding what they don't know, which is really hard. You know, it's why we have all the problems in the world with people having a difficult time ordering wine. Just say what you don't know, and you'll be able to get a good, bo- a good bottle of wine. It's true. Um, so, Will, I also want to ask you about, um, in your bio, it says that you train Madonna's personal chefs. Yes, that is uh, something I can't speak into a whole lot of detail about. Um, <laughs> Never talks about this. But this is no. the theme of this show. Yeah. I do this thing, but I can't I say can't anything about it. Super yeah. <laughs> but yes, I, I have. It's good. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it, I've been cooking for Madonna for about five years um, in various roles. And uh, the, mo- the most current role is, is I assist training her chefs that... Um, work in different locations for her. You know what she likes, you know what she doesn't like. You I, can, can you can tell people. I her. do. <laughs> the most important thing is the timing, uh, which is which is the most difficult aspect of it yeah. and and that really takes a lot of experience to nail that one. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine. So it, it, it's interesting to me, Will. Yes. We do not actually know each other, but we're sort of colleagues in a, in a, in a number of ways and we're sort of kindred spirits in a number of ways. So I've been trying to, we started chatting a little bit, but I wanted to stop because I wanted to have this conversation on the air. So what I want to do is I want to sort of speed date with you and our sort of colleagueness. There's a little like dance that restaurant people do with each other, which is like, who do you know? Where did you work? And when it's two guys, it tends to be like, oh, you're a dick. No, you're a dick. Um... And hopefully we won't do that. So this part. is going to not be that. This is the bromance side right, of that. Right. It's going to be super sexy. <laughs> David, get some music ready. <laughs> right, right, right. Some real romantic. No, we Stop can't afford that. <laughs> um, so, so the my first question to you because you've been around as long as I have. You've worked for a lot of the same people I have. So tell me, tell me what attracted you to food and restaurants in the first place. <clears throat> well, I was 14, uh, working at the Boat Basin Cafe on 79th Street in Riverside Park. Grew up in the city? Grew up in, on the Upper West Side. Um, and it was a summer job, and I actually started busing and bar backing, and one day the grill guy didn't show up, and at 14 years old, they threw me on the grill, right. which was an absolute disaster. Um, but at that moment, I got bit, and uh, the rush and by, by a radioactive spider. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> this story goes in a really different direction. I got bit by a spider, and and I have no idea why I love the food business. But um, that is that is when it really started, and ever since then, I have had my hand in food, and 
Uh, with a glove. Wearing, with, wearing a glove. Well, no, I'm against <laughs> another Con Ed, DOH. I'm not. No. Uh, um, no, we, we have to abide by DOH. That's that's one we can't get around. We uh, love the DOH. On the record, we love it. Lots love of, the DOH. Lots of, lots of DOH consulting goes on in my company as well. So uh, we, we actually. So you seem to have an extraordinary hustle in that. You, you know, we've been chatting now for uh, an hour, and pretty much every corner of the universe we've come to, you said, my company does that, too. So, we, so you know, and, and you and I are from very different places in that I don't do anything. I just wait, and I try to strike when the iron's hot. And you seem to, to sort of have a lot of arms and a lot of... And to some degree, you as well, Mitch, you have a lot of... Both have a lot of arms and a lot of things. By the way, I just said I don't do anything. Really, <laughs> really, you know, I was gonna creating you. value for you're, myself. You're yeah. guest hosting a podcast guess, right now. The, the wealth, what are you the talking riches about? that come. He, he, Matt has just found his next quest. <laughs> I know. Podcast. Well, I have. I do have a very uh, amazing business partner, and um, his name is Frank, and he is a third generation restaurant equipment family. So. Um, when we teamed up about six years ago, uh, I would say that everything really came full circle because I was always mildly obsessed with equipment and design. And when he came on board, um, it, you know, the glass ceiling shattered and we just we just took off. And, and, you know, since in the past six years, there's really not anything I can think of in a food or beverage business that we've not been asked to do or help out with or... Right. You know, front of the house, back of the house, and all the above, and it's it's just pretty nice. May I add something to that? I feel like for all you people that were in operations out there, and like, in, you know, specifically whether your background was in front house or back house or both before that, like, you know, we all had to take on so many different tasks that a lot of us have a lot of like side hustles or general hustles because you just you just got to keep it moving, or you know, you get bored, or I don't know, bored is the right drown. word, but right, yeah, it's just yeah. you just get, you just need that rush, 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 right. Um, you know, so it doesn't totally shock me, right? I mean, so when take me from the boat basin to being a professional chef. Uh, well, I went. Uh, I worked at the boat basin a few summers, um, and then. Do, do you still know the pickups from the boat basin? Uh, they've gotten a little bit better than when I worked there. <laughs> yes, you know, they, they used to be you know dry grilled chicken fingers. Mm. <laughs> now they're breaded. Um, and grilled, and not grilled, <laughs> but um, but don't the, don't talk about chicken fingers in front of Mitch. Uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't uh, like. Chicken. He's got a personal vendetta against chicken fingers. It's real. I, I want to hear about it. <laughs> Go ahead, tell us about. No, no, no. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. So, um, you're working the grill at the boat basin. Yeah, and you're just interested just, in this. You're 14 years old. So, through high school, are you cooking? Through high school, cooking, um, getting interested in photography and a few other, you know, art backgrounds. Went to college for art. Put my, you know, did a lot of art classes. Where'd uh, you go to school? I went to uh, a college in Buffalo, Buffalo State College. Uh -huh. uh, that, and What up, Buff State? Yep, Buff State in the house. He tried to fight it. And then uh, cooked four years in Buffalo at a really awesome Italian trattoria called Cecilia's. Um, became a sous chef my sophomore year there and uh, and then graduated and went to CIA seven days after I graduated. So you went to go work for the government to be a spy. Yes, exactly. That doesn't um, make any sense at all. That is a real jump in the story. Yeah. I think we missed something. Well, let's let's back up a little. So <laughs> I graduated <laughs> and then I went to the Culinary Institute of America. Oh, okay. ah. um, my bad. And uh, then... <laughs> Was able to uh, meet a couple, you know, some really amazing people. Got hooked up with David Burke at that time uh, while I was in school, and then spent a lot of time working with him. Uh, helped him open a few places as soon as I graduated. Got a job on a private yacht. Um, wow. Traveled the Caribbean and worked for a lot of wealthy people. Was recruited to come back to New York to work for the Kennedys. Uh, helped open a few more restaurants after that, and. Uh, and then, and the lot, rest, as they say, yeah, is, yeah, so you're exactly. really good at keeping secrets, right? Yes, yes, yes. A lot, <laughs> yeah. lot of NDAs in, in my history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you, I don't remember exactly what the story was, but when you, well, it was, I think around the time we first met, he was like, "Yeah, you know, I just got to get out of town for a minute. I got to go cook somewhere." And I'm like, "Where are you going, bro?" And he was like, uh, "I'm going out east for a little bit, yeah, somewhere east." And just kept like one thing led to another. And I don't remember if we were drinking or if just something had happened. 
But all of a sudden, he just like wrote down on a piece of paper Madonna's name, and I was like, <laughs> "What are you serious, Madonna?" He's like, "Shh." That was that was pretty pretty that quick pretty quickly after I got the job. So you know that fifty page NDA was uh, was really resonating. Yeah, yeah. Who am I gonna tell? It's the same that we made you sign before coming on Heritage. Exactly. Right. That, that, right yeah. The three ring binder. Yeah. No, like no one's listening to this. Oh, it's you just total... you just got mad. I shouldn't have said that. Huh? Oh yeah. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, should we take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor, and then we will come back and talk a little bit more and play some trivia. <laughs> If I come into a party hitting rats like this, all you superficial rappers will cease to exist. If I come into a party hitting rats like this, all you superficial rappers will cease to exist. If I come into a party hitting rats like this, all you superficial rappers will cease to exist. If I come into a party hitting rats like this, all you superficial rappers will cease to exist. Super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Thank you, Roberta's. <laughs> Metal. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. So we were enjoying our speed dating um, with Matt, Mitch, and Will so much that I'm throwing it back to you, Matt. Keep it going. Okay. I mean, we're just getting... I, I'm shirtless. <laughs> so I'm on the romance. We're just, we're we're just, we're just getting it just getting go. <laughs> we, we were talking to Will, giving a little breakdown of where he got into the business. I wanted to talk to Mitch a little bit, though. I, I know him better. We go way back. We're co-workers in a couple of different capacities. But I wanted to get a little bit of Mitch's background, because he's one of the people that, like me, is super passionate and really feels this to the core. Um, so how did you get interested in this weird thing that we do? Um, you know, I don't even know. I mean, my mom never cooked. My grandmother didn't really want to cook. One of my other grandmothers did. And I had a... So your parents hated you yeah, growing they up? they hated me growing up. <laughs> every, time I asked to, every time I asked to cook, they were like, you're going to make the kitchen a mess. <laughs> da, da, da. Um, even, you know, I grew up in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, for a long time. And so, you know, like... We couldn't the, tell. Yeah, sorry with the accent, guys. <laughs> I'll try and speak slower. Um... But, uh, yeah, for some reason, I had, uh, one of my father's best friends loved food and would bring me with him everywhere he went. And he taught me how to cook a little bit. And uh, it was just always just my, it was just made, felt right from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, and then I went to school, unlike Will, and actually, like, sort of let it affect me a little bit more in the sense where I basically stayed away from anything culinary for hmm. quite a while. Um, and then afterward, tried doing the legal game for a hot second, which was a humongous mistake for a number of reasons. And uh, one of my best friend's fathers was in the Four Seasons. And uh -huh. he said, um, you know, I'm happy to make a recommendation for you to go to the Four Seasons, but you kind of seem like a restaurant guy, which I didn't really understand until years later. Oh, no. And we talked about this the other day. There's definitively restaurant guys and hotel guys. And hotel. Wait, how do you tell them apart? Yeah, <laughs> we're intrigued. No, there there are definitively restaurant guys and hotel guys. Hotel guys are traditionally much more conservative than restaurant guys. Do you mean hotel how? hotel chefs or like just like guys chefs? Oh. It's actually it's chefs, front of house, back of house. Oh, Even, we're talking in the food and beverage world. The whole thing, not just chefs. There's, no, because in in okay. hotels, there's food and beverage, and then there's rooms division, and the the two really don't meet. Right, so what we're talking about is people that are in the F and B world, but are F and B hotel people. Okay. And, and in hotels, a lot of times you don't have people looking over your shoulder, being like, "What did you just spend that on?" 
like which is a huge thing for us in the restaurant world mm. and you have like a lot more there's autonomy. a lot more support there's okay. a lot more like set hours of sorts you know what I mean it's like almost being a normal person of sorts yeah I mean it's also right. you, you know I, I've, yeah. I've done I think amongst the people in this room I've probably done the most hotel work I would imagine sure. so. like Hilton for Marriott sure. Standard Maritime on and on and right. so I've done a lot of it but hotels the big difference is this Roberta's where we're sitting right now we're sitting on a street corner they have a problem with a lock they call a locksmith they have a problem with a plumber they call a plumber electrician you know on and on and on in hotels depending on the size you have that shit right there so you're you're on a battleship right and when you go to war you have all of your little sections ready so I loved working in hotels because I knew whatever the problem was I had my guy right engineering engineering or the myriad other things but when you're when you're a private when you're an independent restaurateur it's you're on an island by yourself right. and you like, got to figure it out right and like i was that guy for a few people throughout my career and then but there'd be times when you like take the initiative to go do x y and z in a situation where like you have no idea how you're going to make this work and you may get someone that comes down to you and is like why would you do that you know what i mean it's like well we had to get service out for a thousand people i don't understand what that would be versus a hotel right. where it might be like no right. one really cares but the, the interesting thing about you is you you managed to get out of the operations side for <laughs> six years, seven years, something like that. Right. But recently you've chosen to get back into it for some insane reason. <laughs> why, why would you do that? <laughs> um, I really, really like hospitality. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't get the bug out. That's for real. I mean, yeah, I definitely, you know, Initiate Care is growing successfully. And, you know, we're really doing a lot of great things for people. And right, really across the country now, we're in seven states. Um, and we're, we're doing some great things for people. And for some reason, I decided to reopen a restaurant concept, which was... Uh, listeners at home, when you're in a restaurant in New York City or Washington, D.C. or L.A. or on and on and on, and you see someone in the kitchen with a blue Band-Aid on their hand, that's an initial <laughs> care Band-Aid. Yeah. Keeping you safe as a diner. Right here at Roberta's, by the way. <laughs> awesome. Super safe. Mitch, can you give us a quick day in the life of the initiate care side of your life and business um yeah you know not terribly sexy especially for happy hour but let's see what we can do about that um <laughs> you know mostly what we do what we do a little bit differently from most people is we really try to communicate with our our clients an awful lot so we have guys running around the city just trying to figure out you know we have clients on rotations and understanding what they may need at certain times so just really about getting in touch with people making sure they have everything to keep not only their staff safe but also their guests safe for me most importantly it's about being in touch with clients whether it's about higher level stuff about like workers comp safety walkthroughs or um training versus again what we were mentioned before about opening new spots you know or spots that are open that are trying to kind of get to a better place is the way we make it so so the interesting thing about initiate care is it's about a it's about anticipating needs before they come up in a lot of ways He's know. better than I am. Tra- they're doing their, they're like the umpire. They're doing their job really well if no one knows they're there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know where else I can go with that so much. I mean, it's because I also have like three other things going on yeah. at the same time. Well, I'm curious, so. like operationally, like are you stocking first aid boxes from time to time? Because this is a startup. I'm sure you like oh, wearing sure. a lot of hats. Oh, yeah. Are you the delivery guy? Are um, you I was buying, for a long time. Like, bulk band-aids? What's yeah. going on there? <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Would you like a bulk band-aid order? It's pretty sexy. Also. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I the, think it's really interesting. Yeah. I'm the only one. <laughs> um, no, I mean, so for IC, I mean, we've grown to about six employees here in the city. So mm-hmm. uh, thankfully, I do not don the backpack as much as I used to. Uh-huh. Um, so now... You know, I guess I'm kind of like uh, that chef that comes in and just jumps back in the line after a few years about being off it. I try not to get in my guys' ways as much as humanly possible. Um, but the overall, yeah, for me, it's really about building the business right now. Um, I travel an awful lot. We just opened up in Boston, um, opening up in South Florida next week. Um, we've just been in L.A. an awful lot. So it's really about making moves right now. That sounds very glamorous. Yeah, it sounds really glamorous. Yeah, not you so much. You can append L.A. to anything and it uh-huh. becomes glamorous. Yeah, and L.A. Uh, Am- Amtrak, not super sexy. Um, you know, big shout out to Delta. You've been taking great care of me. Mm, could be a little bit better. But, um, you know, I mean, it's definitely, it was something I was really into for a long time. Like when I was with John George for Culinary Concepts, I wanted to get on that team to open restaurants around the world. And unfortunately, the economy collapsed, which sucks right then. But, um, you know, it is a little bit be careful what you wish for. But at the same time, like, you know, I love meeting people from restaurants all over the country because there are different nuances a little bit. Yeah. So, 
But it's interesting because you can drop your ass in any city. Rock and roll. And if you meet the cooks, yeah. you, you can talk to the cooks. Yeah, for sure. And for you sure. can end up drinking with a tour guide. And you know where to go. And you know where to go. Yeah, I always feel very secure that no matter what city I'm in, if I meet the cooks, I'll be okay. I'll find the bar. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. on that positive note, should we go on to trivia now? Sure. Okay. Are you ready? All right. So, have you been bracing yourselves this whole show? I'm really bad. So, at I have I have two I have like sort of two categories. I have like some general restaurant trivia and then I have specifically celebrities and franchises. Which would you like to do first? Wait, one more time. Can I get to <laughs> Oh, wait. I'm just going to do I'm going to do general first cuz I think the other one's going to be a little more weird. Um, right, and so we'll end on save that. celebrity we'll franchise. End on that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the first question is: the oldest continuously operating bistro in Paris, originally called La Colombe. I hope I'm saying this stuff right. La Colombe. But now known as Colombo. La Reserve de Quasimodo is dated to twelve one thousand. I don't know how to do years. <laughs> twelve hundred ninety-seven. There you go. There we go. My brain is well seriously still not working from jet lag. Um, can That's you? What it is. Okay, twelve ninety-seven. Can you guess how historians know it's that old? How did they date it? They found a bottle of wine in the storeroom. The toilets. You're kind of close. <laughs> the kinda fa- close. Mitch is getting warmer. Brandy. No. The beer. Um, the beer. No, Mitch, so, Mitch was more on the right track. I'll give you a hint. Um, it, the thing they found was in the wall, and it was put there to ward off evil spirits. Black garlic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have half of it right. It's uh, a black something. Uh, yeah. I mean. Well, we think it's black. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, okay, it was a okay. This is weird. It was a cat skeleton, a black cat. How skeleton. are we gonna guess that? How on earth are we gonna guess that? Is the worst trivia question. That should have been, been the last one because it's the hardest. How is wine? How is wine and a cat in a in a wall? Yeah. Well, you, you found they, they it was cat flavored wine. They're it's pretty creepy how they did it, though. There is the, oh, the, the wine bottle. I'm surprised Will wasn't like, I was building this restaurant in China. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> I found a cat. But the saddest thing about it is they they walled the cat in their lives. Oh. oh. That's... Wait, how do you know it was walled in life? Because it says it on the strip. In, in the, <laughs> the Isle de France in the 13th century, a live black cat would be walled in to ward off evil cat, spirits. I think that's... Ile de France. Ile de France? Ile de France. I should learn this stuff before oh, I go to France. Rats. <laughs> She's been in Italy. Yeah. I'm, I've been doing it the Italian way. All right. David, you're killing me. <laughs> All right. Next like, question. Like those cats. Yeah. Where is the world's largest restaurant located? Uh, I think it's Junior's on Flatbush Avenue, no? <laughs> no. Do I take this bad boy? You're in the, the Brooklyn bubble, my friend. Restaurant? I'm so deep in the Brooklyn bubble. <laughs> It is Damascus, Syria. It is the Damascus Gate restaurant. I'm not going to try to pronounce the other way. Is Italy not a thing? No, <laughs> right. no, it no it's true. true. Italy should be a thing. It's 45,000 square feet. <laughs> but it's mostly like retail, right? Um, this I thought you were going to say, it's Slow Food Nations. It hasn't happened yet. Unless you're <laughs> oh, Unless you're Wait, Record if you're walking breaker. with wine around the restaurant, it's all a restaurant. Huh? That's a really good point. Okay, so this is on seats. This has over 6,000 seats in the restaurant. Oh, oh just kill me now. <laughs> right? What is you it, six flags? Uh, Jeez. It's, the six, it's six flags over food. Yeah. <laughs> all right, next one. Sounds gross. <laughs> According to the 2017 New York Michelin Guide, this Williamsburg restaurant was deemed New York's best new restaurant. Do you know what it is? I think it's Lilia. Lilia. I hope it's Lilia. Whoa. No. Wait, Will, you got this? The last one's standing. The chef is from Sweden. Oh, oh, uh, Aksa, Aska, Aska, yeah, I'm, yep. Frederick, all right. <laughs> yeah. All you right, and here's the last general question. Trivia this one's like a little. This is like numbers, so Ooh, uh, we'll play like Prices Right rules. Um, Wait, what are the Prices Right rules? One dollar, Bob. Closest without one dollar. Okay, okay. No. All right. When dining out, what do you think is a New Yorker's average meal cost? This yeah. is a, this so is you a, should each give an answer, and yeah. then we'll twenty nine dollars. Okay. $37. Okay. Ooh, God, I was going to take 35 Somebody can say one. Ah, um, someone can say one. Not in this case. You know what? I'm going to go 40 Let's go up. 
Mitch got it. Whoa. It's not really? 48.56. That's well really done. high. That's that's according, that is so much money. Yeah, Wait, are you yeah. serious? Come on. Have you not out the Does that thing? include sure. booze? It must be. It's, <laughs> a, it's according to a survey conducted by Zagat. So, I mean, oh. also think about maybe who's taking that survey. Yeah. That I don't know. Sure, sure. Much love to everyone getting $35 entrees out there, by the way. Yeah. 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 Respect for you. <laughs> yeah. Real talk. All right. And now we are on to... Uh, Celebrities and franchises. Um, Will can't answer any questions about Madonna, so <laughs> I don't think she we'll owns just speculate. any. Gag order. All right. Yeah. Oh, what professional athlete bought twenty-one Papa John's locations in Colorado right before the state's vote to legalize marijuana, and has seen sales in some of his stores double since? Peyton Manning. You got it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, which which rapper owns Rick Ross? Oh, <laughs> well, he's right. How'd you get that? I'm totally right. She Wing, didn't even Rick get Ross. a quarter of the way through the question. Wingstop. Wingstop, like, exactly. I'm, okay. I, I am a devotee of Rick Ross. Okay, okay ready? What? Matt, what's our next trivia question? <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one is, which former NBA star owns 155 LeBron Five James. Guys locations? Oh, now LeBron James. Dennis 150, Rodman. I didn't even know there were 155 Five Guys. Actually, no. Fun fact about Five Guys, they have sold out the entire United States and not built them yet. 3,500 locations coming Wait, soon. I love, holy I love shit. Five, five Guys is an amazing story. Uh, am I allowed to yeah. hit another podcast? Because How I Built This? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check yeah. out the Five Guys oh. podcast. It's outstanding. I will listen to wow. that. I will listen to that. Yeah, yeah. That's I thought great. they were just like... Oh, no, they're everywhere. No, yeah. They they're everywhere. Yeah, I do see them a so, lot. They, opened up by, they basically opened it up, not by accident, but the guy was kind of like, yeah, we'll throw this together. Burgers, yeah. ketchup, fries. No. See what happens. Can, can, I, can, I be, can I be super controversial? Sure. Maybe. Do you not like them? Shake Shack, in and out I might rather go to Five Guys. Oh, I might be with I'm you. With you. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Fries with Old Bay on them. Come on, man. Their fries the, are bomb. It's Coke National French Fry Day. <gasps> Today? No. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh, I got to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about the burgers? How about the burgers? Forget the fries. No. Yeah, they're... No Shake Shack. Can we not talk about Shake Shack? <laughs> right. Sorry, okay, okay. sorry. But, but does okay. everybody love Five Guys? Because I have to say... That's good. They're delicious. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Totally. For you sure. get those like delicious jalapenos on yeah. them. No, and they're super good. Extra, I love extra all cheese, the and open, open. then you just have to like lie down after. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have to take a nap after my burger. Um, yeah. Okay. So back it to the question. Knock me out. Do you okay. do you guys know the NBA star who owns oh. 155 of them? Former NBA star, not former. Current. Former. Hmm. I don't. Oh, uh, let me say uh, Shaquille O'Neal. You oh. got it. Got it. Did I really? Oh, yeah. Shaquille O'Neal. What's up? Oh. I'll say Magic. All right. Matt uh, is destroying trivia. These two are going to be a little trickier, I think. All right. This is actually not a... This is like kind of not about franchises, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, which California-based singer-songwriter sells avocados from his backyard to Chipotle? <laughs> He's a great lover. The Sting? The Stinger? No. Shaggy. Uh, he likes no. to wear a certain kind of hat. And usually something like, like a poncho like this. <laughs> Pharrell? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Buffett? No. Do you want me to like dress up as him? Watch. Um, like this. this is him. I don't know any more hints because I don't know him very well. Yeah, it's it. really not helpful it's for me. Jason Mraz. Oh, I don't know if who he that was is. sitting in the room. <laughs> wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. This, this for the listeners at home. There is an old side Rick of the Ross. room, right. and there's a young side of the room, and we are on the old side of the room. We mentioned all of us have been in business for twenty years. Right, right, I feel like Jason Mraz is probably older than you. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope I feel complimented by that. Like, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I go to the Wikipedia page for he's Jason like Mraz. ninety. David, can we get a price check on David? I wouldn't, I wouldn't know if he's alive or dead. <laughs> David, come on now. All right, so David, you're a DJ. Here's come the on. last question, and it's about someone that Mitch just mentioned. Actually, um, he may be known for margaritas, but what hey. franchises does Jimmy Buffett <laughs> own in Florida? Margaritaville. No. And oh, no. It's like the Land Shark something something something. No, it's it's nothing like branded him or. Oh, he owns. Um, Oh wait! wait. Isn't no. he on the Dolphin Stadium? No, it's no. not. Um, <laughs> it's like a breakfast food. Waffle House? Ain't burger burger it ain't nice. But that wasn't the answer. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I'm really. It's a donut place. Oh, didn't know that. Oh, it ain't federal donuts. So I don't care. Uh, <laughs> like, come on. Um, nice. Yeah, Shout no. out to Michael Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? Uh, Bueller? Donut? Donut shop? What's very popular? Dun- name Dunkin' pop- Donuts? Name, no, close. Name Krispy another. Kreme. Yeah, Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme. All right. Nobody Matt. likes Jimmy oh, Buffett except yeah. for Fred. You are the king of trivia. Here's a callback. Shaquille O'Neal. 
their main sort of spokesperson right now, so it all comes full, full circle. Full circle. He is? Yep. They must be making some sort of like a celebrity franchise deal. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for playing trivia with us. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I hope you learned something about uh, franchises. Matt, I hope you feel <laughs> redeemed from last time. Oh, I, I killed it. <laughs> I fucking killed it. I'm, I'm good. Who's that Jason guy? <laughs> I think I called him David Mraz at some point. I really don't know who the person is. Right. Really doesn't matter. <laughs> Inconsequential. All right. Well, thanks to Matt, Mitch, and Will for joining us. Thanks to Jordan, Liz, Carrie, and thanks to Katie, as always. Thanks, Kat. And, and I guess and also thanks. thanks to David. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Thank Shout you. out to the booth. Hey, thanks for having That's Bravo. our show. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Ta-ta. listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Fresh Pickings is a podcast by Heritage Radio Network, presented by Bob's Red Mill. Love learning about food? Get more superfood for your brain with the featured podcast miniseries, Fresh Pickings. Go to bobsredmill.com slash freshpickings. What do linoleum, bedsheets, and nutritional supplements have in common? They're all made from flax. Flax is an amazingly versatile food and fiber crop. In fact, it's one of the oldest fiber crops in the world, known to have been cultivated in ancient Egypt and China. If it seems like flax is good for everything, that's because it is. Its Latin name is Usititissimum, which means most useful. Welcome to Fresh Pickings. I'm your host, Kat Johnson, and today we're getting flaxy. On this episode, we're going to talk to Harry Rosenblum, host of Feast Your Ears here on Heritage Radio Network about all things flaxseed. Then, vegan low glycemic load blogger and chef Elizabeth Taylor, yeah, you heard right, will give us a recipe that puts flaxseed meal to good use. So stay tuned. You know, I don't think it's fair that cotton is called the fabric of our lives when flax is clearly the superior crop. Flax? What the flax is that? Okay, Jordan, flax is a plant that has all kinds of uses, including textiles. It's what they use to make linen. Linen? That just makes me think of old hippies and high school English teachers. Okay, that's fair. But cotton makes me think of sweaty gym shirts and tidy whities I'd take a billowy pair of linen pants over that any day. Besides, Europe and North America depended on flax for vegetable-based cloth until the 19th century, and then cotton overtook it. Flax fibers are two times as strong as cotton fibers. Okay, that's a good point. But is the flax that goes into pants and tablecloths the same as the flax that we eat in CD bread? I think so, but it sounds like I should probably call an expert to help sort that out. While flax refers to the plant itself, it also refers to the unspun fibers of the plant. 
The species is known only as a cultivated plant and appears to have been domesticated from the wild species, Linum biene, called pale flax. I'm talking with Harry Rosenblum, host of Feast Your Ears here on Heritage Radio Network and co-owner of The Brooklyn Kitchen, an awesome cooking store in Williamsburg. So Harry, what's the deal with eating flax? Well, Kat, flax seed sprouts are edible, and they have a slightly spicy flavor. In northern India, flax seed, called tisi or alsi, is usually roasted, powdered, and then eaten with boiled rice and a little water and a little salt. It's also used in sabji curries. Oh, I love curry. So are the seeds edible too, or just the sprouts? Oh, the seeds are totally edible. Um, But if you grind them first, it unlocks a lot of its health benefits. Flaxseed meal is much more readily digested than eating the whole seed. And although flaxseed meal contains all sorts of healthy components, primarily there are three of them that are important. Omega-3, essential fatty acids, lignans, and fiber. The omega-3 fatty acids are the good fats that have been shown to have heart-healthy effects. Two tablespoons of flax meal offers 2,430 milligrams of omega-3s. Lignans have both plant estrogen and antioxidant qualities, and flaxseed contains almost 80 times as much lignin as any other plants. Flaxseed meal is also high in dietary fiber, which contains both soluble and insoluble fiber. It's a powerful, natural cholesterol controller. That is a lot. So based on all of that, I am assuming that flaxseed meal must be huge in the health community. It absolutely is. And we have people coming into the Brooklyn Kitchen talking about flaxseed and flaxseed oil all the time. Often they look like they're coming straight from yoga class. (laughs) But they're not just jumping on the modern bandwagon. Flax is thought to have been cultivated in Babylon as early as 3000 BC. And in the 8th century, King Charlemagne believed so strongly in the health benefits of flaxseed that he passed laws requiring his subjects to consume it. Wow. You know, I'm glad that we have separation of flax and state now. (laughs) Me too, although perhaps we should all be eating more flax. Experts today say that we, in fact, have research that backs Charlemagne's claims. So you don't have to eat it on its own. Flaxseed meal, like the one that Bob's Red Mill makes, is freshly milled and preserves natural oils and nutrients. You can add it to bread, pancakes, muffins, bars, cookies, all sorts of things. I like putting flaxseed on my oatmeal in the morning. So one other question I have for you, um, what about flaxseed oil? Well, I love flaxseed oil. It has a really great nutty flavor, and I love to put it on salads or put it into marinades, though my number one use for flaxseed oil is for seasoning cast iron cookware. It polymerizes, which creates that great nonstick surface that we all love about cast iron. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that settles it. Flax is a wonder ingredient that we all should have in our kitchen. Thanks, Harry. I'm here with my longtime friend, Elizabeth Taylor, who is an animal-loving vegan food blogger and not a diamond-laden actress. Elizabeth runs her blog, VLGL, a collection of vegan, low-glycemic-load culinary creations. Elizabeth, can you tell us what vegan, low-glycemic-load means? Hi, Kat. Of course. Firstly, veganism is a lifestyle by which the practitioners avoid use of all animal products, particularly where food is concerned. Veganism is becoming increasingly well-known in this day and age. The glycemic load part is a little less mainstream. The glycemic load is a measure of how a food will affect the blood sugar of the person who eats it. Foods that have a high glycemic load are things like processed carbohydrates and sugary sweets. I personally practice a vegan, low-glycemic load eating philosophy to avoid inflammation while staying true to my long-time plant-based lifestyle. Great. So what is, um, on a day-to-day basis, what does your VLGL diet look like? VLGL is a whole foods, plant-based way of cooking and eating that emphasizes non-starchy vegetables, whole fruits, nuts, legumes, seeds, and certain whole grains. That sounds reasonable and delicious. So what recipe are you going to share with us? Today I brought to you my go-to grain-free granola recipe. I have always loved a crunchy bowl of cereal in the morning, and while I love to watch my morning cartoons with an enormous bowl of Cocoa Puffs as a kid, my adult self is all about granola topped with fruit and plant-based milk. Unfortunately, even so-called healthy store-brought granolas are so loaded with sugar and grains that they tend to have a moderate or high glycemic load. So, I like to make this grain-free granola for the taste sensation without the blood sugar spike. 
That's that's great. Actually, can you develop a recipe for grain-free cocoa puffs next? Um, but what makes your granola grain-free? So no lie, I have actually been daydreaming about how to make VLGL cocoa puffs happen. But in the meantime, this granola is pretty fantastic. It incorporates shredded coconut and sliced almonds for crunch, cinnamon and nutmeg for that classic cozy flavor, a little agave nectar for sweetness and to form those classic granola clusters, and for some beneficial omega-3 fatty acids, walnuts, hemp hearts, and of course, ground flaxseed. It is delicious topped with berries and plant-based milk, particularly coconut or almond milk. Thanks to Elizabeth Taylor for sharing her tips for using flaxseed meal. You can find her recipe for grain-free granola at bobsredmill.com slash fresh pickings. Well, that's just about everything you could possibly want to know about flaxseed meal. If you liked what you heard, be sure to check out our other episodes of Fresh Pickings and learn more about Bob's Red Mill's favorite ingredients, including some delicious recipes and great coupon offers by going to bobsredmill.com slash fresh pickings. Bob's Red Mill believes in good food for all. For Heritage Radio Network, I'm your host, Kat Johnson. Thanks for joining us.